0: This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. In the name of Jesus, I believe your word. Your word cannot be separated from you. I believe your word. I believe you. Therefore, I know that I will not be afraid. I will not be discouraged. I know that you will strengthen me, that you will help me in the name of Jesus. Thank you, blessed Redeemer, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray this morning, we'll bring your word before you. Your word says we should bring you to the remembrance of your word. We bring your words before you today. And Lord, we pray that with your righteous, victorious right hand, Lord, you will lift us up higher than sickness, higher than sorrow, higher than pandemic viral infection in the mighty name of Jesus. Ourselves, our brothers and sisters online, our families, Jehovah, Lord, that you will keep us in the name of Jesus. We thank you, blessed Redeemer. In the name of Jesus. Daddy, as we look into your word of life this morning, Jehovah, please speak to us. Teach us by yourself. Holy Spirit, you are the one that teaches us of all things. Reveal Christ to us this morning. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, blessed Redeemer. In Jesus' mighty name, I have prayed. Amen. The sermon note is already on the app as what uh, was previously announced. Uh, We try to keep uh, that uh, organized there. The one question that I know at one time or the other you may have asked yourself and if you haven't yet, you're going to ask yourself someday is what is life all about? What is my life? What is your life? That's the title of the sermon today. What is your life? The question about the meaning of life is a question that I've been asked from generations through generations. As I began to meditate on this topic, <laughs> I did a web search and I found some interesting meaning to life. Somebody wrote a song lyric, and said, uh, life is a big obstacle. That's the lens through which they are seeing life. And uh, the rapper, not that I support or approve of, uh, Eminem, rapped to this lyric. And this is how it goes. He says, what is life? Life is a big obstacle in front of your optical to slow you down. What a perspective. That life, as they see it, is just one big obstacle that is preventing them from getting on with life. I preached a sermon many years ago. I, I, I called, I said, in that sermon I said, when life happens, what do you do? How many of us have had life happen to us? I have. I'm raising my hand because it has, life has happened to me. But I did not conclude as a consequence of that that life is a big obstacle. I saw another interesting one. It says, life is a magazine. This one I haven't figured out yet. I read through the, the lyric of their song. It's still doing. It said, that stuff. He said, what stuff? Life. What's life? A magazine. Where did you get it? A drugstore. What's it cost? A dime. Shucks. I only got a nickel. That's tough. What's tough? You know, so people have different perspective about life. I'm sure if I ask you what is your life, you will have different perspectives as well. I I really have to get this out of the way because I, I, I forgot to say it in the midst of the other things before I got in the message. And if I don't say it, it will just keep distracting me. Uh, Mrs. Okay is in the house this morning. Hallelujah. Stand up. Let them see you. Eh? This work-life situation is an interesting thing. Back in the Bible days, when you marry, you are supposed to be home with your spouse for one year. But we can't afford to do that. This is America, right? That is life. <laughs> God bless you. Congratulations once again. So if I ask you, what is your life? I'm pretty sure I get varied responses. Some people will say life is fun. Some will say life is exciting. Some will say life is depressing. Amen? Some will say life is disappointing. It is all based on their experience. But can I tell you something? If you look at life through the prism of God... The creator of life itself, it gives you a different perspective. i preached a sermon uh, in which I said, life is a journey. And life truly is a journey. There are many stops. There are many, many things in that journey. When you are going on a journey, I've had better journeys in America than I've had in my place where I came from. You know, because... uh, I remember making a trip uh, from the northern part of Nigeria to the southern part of Nigeria, and uh, as I was going, unknown to me, my carburetor hose had come off, and all my gas was leaking out. And because there was no gas back then, I I think it's improved now, you know. So I had reserve; I I had enough reserve gasoline to take me to destination. But when you have a leakage, it means you have lost mileage, you know? So, that's one of those things that happen in life, isn't it? There are many things that happen in life that we did not plan for, that we did not anticipate. Life is sort of a journey. Amen? The Bible says... In fact, ask the question in James chapter 4, verse 14. I'm going to read from the New King James Version. Uh, James chapter 4, verse 14. It says, for what is your life? I'm picking it from the middle. For what is your life? It says, it is even a vapor. A vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes. What is that saying? It's talking to the transiency of life. It's saying, regardless of how long we live, it is still transient when you look at it from the perspective of eternity. Right? We're going to live forever. Everyone. The question is, where am I going to live that life eternally? So, today I want us to consider life as a race. It's one of those things that the scripture tells us about life. Life is a race. Life is a race. And one thing that is common to most races, (laughs) you know, in America today is very interesting. Everybody that runs in a race gets the prize. The little children, you know, they don't want them to feel bad. The idea of a race, it it, it, it construes, it, it depicts a competition. A competition where you have winners and losers. Isn't that true? Right in real races, if you go to the Olympics, not everybody gets a medal. Uh, they can greet you for coming. In fact, that you made it to the Olympics, it show, It says something about you, right? Uh, I saw Tomi Ran the other night. She represented. She, she I think, she, she came in third or something, or you won that race. First, yeah, she came in first. She, 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 I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was by the side. (laughs) You know? So, the fact that you make it to the point that you can even compete, it says something about you. Because not everybody that was in the heat made it to the finals. Is that correct? Not everybody. Amen? So, in every race, there is a prize to be won. Let's open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to take our text from there. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 from verse 24 to 27. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 24 to 27. It says, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for what? It's not a trick question. We do it for what? An eternal prize. We do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline myself like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Friends, life is a race. You know, with with this corona thing, I found out very quickly that it's difficult not to touch your face. You're laughing at me. Since I've been standing here, I've seen many of you. <laughs> you know, but just be, just be aware that you need to not do that. Life is a, ra- a race. The beautiful thing about the race of life is I'm not racing against you. I'm not competing against you. I'm not competing against you. I'm competing against, I'm competing against myself. But like in every race, for there to be success, there are certain requirements. There are certain conditions that need to be met if I'm going to be successful in this race called life. Amen? So very quickly, in the time remaining, I want to talk about the requirements for winning a prize in this race called life. Amen. Number one, for me to win the prize, and the prize that we are winning, you will find in 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Apostle Paul said, I have run a good race. Amen. Can you please pull it up? Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4. Let's read from verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 4. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have what remained faithful. Verse 8. He says, and now the price awaits me. You see, it's not comparing himself to anyone, he's comparing himself to himself. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that those that compare themselves with themselves that with other people. He said they are not wise. It's just a political correct way of saying they are foolish. You know, he doesn't want to say they are fools. He says they are not wise. If you are unwise, guess what? You're foolish. All right? So he says, and now, he said, I have fought a good fight. I have r- finished my race. And the only thing that remains for me now is a prize. Say, what what is that prize? The crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. So for every one of us, we are in a race. You are in a race. I am in a race. The The standard has been set for us, it's been set for you, it's been set for me, and it's been set by the almighty God himself. It is true for you, it is true for her, it is true for me. The question is, how am I running my race? Number one, number one, for me to win the prize, there has to be total dedication to God. Total dedication. Dedication to God. Those are the words you are missing there if you have the app. Total dedication to God. In Acts chapter 20 verse 24, Acts 20, 24, the Bible says, But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. I just finished a two-part sermon series that I called God's Purpose for Work. Do you know your work? Apostle Paul is saying here, he said, as for me, I have finished the work that God has assigned me. That is why he can say later on towards the end of his life in, Acts, uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he can say, I have fought a good fight, I have finished the race. Why? Because I have accomplished the work that the Lord has assigned to me. For me to finish strong and finish well and finish my race and win the prize, the crown of righteousness, for me to win it, there has to be total dedication to God. What he's saying here, he's saying, look, I, I didn't do it for me. There is an assignment that God had given me and I have done it. That is why I can say I am ready for my life to be poured as a drink offering unto the Lord. That's what he said. That's how he concluded his life. He could say confidently that I am dying empty. Because All the grace and the anointing and the power and everything God has given me, I have used it to serve humanity. I didn't use it just for me, but I have served humanity. I have done all that I know to do. I have finished my race and I'm waiting for my prize. There's such a time that is coming for every one of us when we will have to Face the Lord, our maker. You know, one of the things I've realized about life is uh, a lot of times I've had people say things like, and I've said it to others too. You know, they say to me, oh, pastor, we don't know how you're doing it. Oh, you are so this, you're so that. The question I have for myself is not how you have judged me. The question I have for myself is am I doing all that God has enabled me to do? Amen. Amen. Because you can rate me an A and God can rate me an F. Why? Because he's the one that made me and he knows how he has wired me. God knows how he has wired you. He knows what you are capable of. He knows what you can accomplish. You can tell every other person the story that you want to tell them. That, oh, no, I can't do that because of X, Y, Z. And they will empathize with you. "Oh, Oh, what a shame. Oh, okay, that's okay. Don't worry about it. There will be understanding of it. But the one that made you, the one that created you, the one that knows the abilities he has invested in you, he's looking at you and he's saying, what a waste. What a waste. All of this wired into him or her and is not affecting humanity in any shape, form, or fashion. Number one thing is total dedication to God. Before you can be totally dedicated to God, you have to know what your work is. It's time for you to step back and go to God in prayer. I told you back then, when, God, when Jesus appeared to Apostle Paul and he became blind and all of those things, after all said and done, what they asked ask of Jesus is, What would you have me do? He was not about fix my sight and let's have a conversation. No, 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 no. He said, in spite of my situation, Lord, what would you have me do? Let's jump to the next one. You can read the scripture when you get home. The second scripture I have there. The second point there to win the prize is perseverance. Perseverance. Perseverance is defined as persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. What what, what does that mean? It means you have to be resolute. In spite of obstacles, in spite of challenges, in spite of difficult people in your life, you stick to your guns. You know what God has called you to do. You know the responsibility that God has assigned to you. And because you understand your call, you will not let anything stand in the way of, of, of your work. Many of you workers, I know you know this. Church, you will think church is the place where things should just work. You know, because I'm dealing with the people of God. <laughs> Uh, The the faces I'm looking at, I I think you (laughs) your the expression on your face gave me the answer I was looking for. You find out it's not it's not as easy as that, and many people have quit because of others. Say, I can't do this anymore. Why? Because others have frustrated them. But for you to win the prize, you have to persevere. In fact, in fact, everybody please look up on this. In fact. Those, in quotes, difficult people God has put around you, God has put them around you to test you. Amen? And as you pass the test, you become a better person for it. You know? There's a story I'm not at liberty to share with you, you know, but I was so disturbed when this thing happened, you know, and I went to God, I, I, I kid you not, I prayed seeking the face of God for three months. That how could this happen, Lord? And at the end of it, guess what? The Lord said to me, you are the one with the problem. He's not that person. He said, I allowed that situation to bring the worst out of you so you can see yourself for who you are. Because my reaction in that situation was, it was ungodly. Let's just put it like that. I didn't kill anybody. I almost punched him in the face. But, you know, in all my anger, I still kept my hands to myself. Maybe if I had punched him, I would have killed somebody. (laughs) You know, but God said to me, after three months of prayer, he said, "I'll." three months, he didn't answer me. When I was really getting frustrated, then he answered me and spoke to me. He said, I allowed the situation because of you. So you can see that you are not this fine boy that you think you are. Oh, yeah. Because I got so angry, it was out of form. It was out of character. I, if somebody before that point would have told me I could be that angry, I said, ah, a, a very humble me. Humble me. You know, if I am even proud of my humility. <laughs> so God said, I allowed it to show you who you are. Many of us have failed that test. He put people in quote difficult around you and you left your place of assignment because of other people. I beg you and I beseech you by the mercies of God. Repent and go back to your duty post. Because the people you are mad at are not the one that called you. God is the one that called you and equipped you. Amen. Amen. Philippians chapter 3 verse 14 says, I press on to reach the end of the race and to receive the heavenly prize which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. He's saying is very focused, very focused on the prize, very focused on the one that has called him. You know, if we were left to people, I would have quizzed pastoring, you think it's easy to pastor this, this is the fun part I'm, I'm having fun right now you know, nobody's talking back at me I'm just preaching and you're all listening everybody's obedient, Everybody is nice everybody's kind, when I say clap everybody, this is the fun part this is the fun part and this is the part that people say pastors I enjoy you know I enjoy you know but this is the fun part right if we were left to those other situations and circumstances I would have quit if I have quit many times I just didn't leave <laughs> you know I said in my heart I quit in fact there was a time I called both my bosses I called the, my media boss and the one over him and I told them I quit they said okay in my heart I'm like you won't say why you won't <laughs> beg me don't quit they just said, okay. <laughs> In, my heart was so hard. I said, I, I really quit. Whether you ask me or not, I still quit. Whether you beg me or you don't beg me, I what? I quit. That's like 11 years ago. <laughs> Hallelujah. You must set your eyes on the prize. You must set your eyes on the one who has called you the problem is many people are called and they don't even realize they are called there's a call of god upon every child of god there's something he has called you to accomplish there's something he has called you to do i believe very strongly in the priesthood of every child of god revelations chapter 1 verse 6 the bible says he has made us priests and kings unto himself that's what he has done. You ought to represent him and walk and live and breathe and talk like you know who you are. Hallelujah. Revelations. Let, let's read the Hebrews and then we'll move to the next one. Hebrews 12.1. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses... the life of faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Especially the sin that does so easily beset us or trip us up and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. There's a race that has been set before you. Run it and finish your race. Number three is obedience. Obedience. There's no athlete that runs by their own rules. There's a rule that guides every competition. When you're doing, the the, the tracks are marked, right? If you are in lane four, you stay in lane four. Amen? Lane four is what? Your lane. Stay in lane four. Do your thing. Do great in your lane. Do wonderful things in your lane, right? Right? Don't be trying to be who you are not. You know, it's like me picking up the mic. I say I'm, I'm angry with the choir. I fire the drummer. I fire the keybodies. I fire the singers. Then I go on the keyboard, and I begin to sing. How many of you will worship along with me? I'm playing the keys. I'm anointed, anointed man of God. You won't worship along. It's gonna be messy, a mess. A whole bunch of, don't let me say it, (laughs) crap. Right? Because I have just left my lane. Let them do their thing. God has blessed them. God has anointed them. God has gifted them. I don't desire to be a keyboardist. Not that I look down on the role of a keyboardist, but it's not my gift, it's not my skill. Right? I'm focused on my lane. And it's important that we all focus on our lane and play by the rules. 2 Timothy 2.5. 2 Timothy 2.5. It says, an athlete cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. Unless they follow the rules. There are certain guidelines God has set for you and I for us to finish well and finish strong. Listen to this. Number 4. Number four is self-discipline. Self-discipline. Self-control. Knowing when to say yes, knowing when to say no. You can't do everything. You can't be everything. You can't satisfy everybody. You can't be everybody's darling. Everybody cannot like you. Everybody cannot love you. I am not deceived to think everybody that comes to Salvation Center is just in love with me. Some people just can't feel me. So it's a joker. But that's okay. That's their opinion. They don't define me. They didn't call me. So you, can't, you, you, you are not my creator. Amen. So you don't define who I am. I like you. I love you as a child of God. But you, you don't define who I am. Neither do I define who you are. Amen. We have to play by the rules. And we must have self-control and respect the call of God upon our lives. Because our time is fast spent. Two basic hindrances that can trip you up. Following false teaching. There are many strange doctrines out there today. You know, what we have today is not... It's not the sovereign God where you hear the way people talk about God. They, they, they don't have a sense of a God that, is, that has absolute control. This is the whole shebang is his idea. He put everything together. He's in control. He's got it. He decides what happens when it happens. What you do, what you don't. He, he, he has he, he has control. But the sense you get today is we serve an errant God. Lord, go do this for me. Lord, go do that for me. And if he doesn't do it, you get mad. That what kind of God is that that I will send him on errand and he wouldn't do it? Number two, sin would disqualify us sin will disqualify us. Let me conclude by saying this. I'm going to wrap up from where I started. I told us in this race, we are not competing against each other. Right? We can encourage one another as we run together, but I'm not running against you. You're not running against me. And guess what? The fact that you win a prize does not deprive me Of my own price. You know. The competition where Tommy came first. There's only one winner. But in this race that I'm talking about. We all can be winners. Right. Because the standards by which I am judged. Is against myself. It's not against anybody. Right. Somebody gave me an illustration yesterday. I was told it was a conversation they had. During the Sunday school prayer And this really opened my eyes And changed my perspective About a number of things You know in races You have the 100 meter dash Yes, you have the 200 meters You have the 300 You have the 400 and then you have the marathon Right You have the marathon Do you know that the winner Of the marathon Does not win a better gold Than the one that did 100 meters. Do you know that? It's the same gold. Whatever medal they give the first person. The winner in the marathon. Is the same kind of gold. It's not a better kind of gold. So it is not how long. It is how well. Amen. It is not how long. It is how well. I told you this story before. When I turned 33, you know, because I grew up with the fear of dying. You know, that's what I was told. That somebody was trying to kill me. You know? And because my mom didn't know better at the time, she took me, they took her with me along to some voodoo places. You know? So, The mentality with which I grew up was... Somebody is trying to kill... I'm going to die. They will kill me. Was I have headache? Ah! That was how I grew up. I was always afraid. Then I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And as I was growing in that journey... And I was becoming more and more confident... In my faith... When I turned 33... I sat my mom down. I said, Mom, I know we have come a long way in this our journey of you will die, you will not die, you are almost dying, you are almost dead. You know? I said, we've come a long way. I said, what the Bible tells me is Jesus was 33 when he died. So if I die now, it's okay. As long as I have accomplished my purpose. Friends, as you are now, If Jesus comes today, would you make it? Amen. And he comes for us in many different ways. We are expecting the rapture. Remember, 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7. He said, for those of us that love is appearing and we are expectant of his appearing. He said, there's a price for us. There's a crown of Righteousness. It might be that he comes in the sky and we all see him, we embrace him. And it might be that he comes to take me home. Apostle Paul said, I struggle. I struggle whether to go home and be with Jesus or whether to remain here with you. He was not concerned about how old or how young he was. Amen. His concern was what pleases the Lord. So our race of life, what determines whether or not we get the price is not how old, it's how well. Can you say that with me? It's not how old, but how well. I pray when the Lord will come at his appearing, he will say to you and I, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Let's bow our hearts for a word of prayer. I want you to talk to the Lord. Remember, it's not how long, it's how well. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, Visit our website at www.rccg.sanantonio.org